Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At the World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am amazing, part two, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> How about yourself? I do, actually. We, uh, we had, uh, we had a, an amazing Monday show. You know, we, we, try to, we, try, we try to have the amazing show on Wednesday, but uh, we couldn't help ourselves. We, just, uh, we had so much amazing this week, we had to start it early. We had to start it early, and we may right. just push it right on through till Friday. Um, you know, no, no, no guarantees that we won't. That's, that's just the amount of amazing we're dealing with. Well, tonight's show is called The Return of Moore's Law and Other Amazing Developments. And I'm telling you, Stephen, it's a toss-up which of these two shows actually has the, the more exciting stories. We're, we're going to have to, I don't know, have a vote or something at the end. You and I have to arm wrestle or something to decide which of these. <laughs> but, but I'm not Virtually. even sure which one I'm rooting for because they're both pretty awesome. Oh yeah, and uh, so yeah, let's let's just get into it, and, uh, and then we can kind of compare. We can, and maybe by do, and and in doing so, maybe uh, kind of review what we what we already covered, maybe Monday or whatever. So yeah, absolutely, good thinking. Okay, well let's dig in here. Uh, first story: New cancer drug is so effective against tumors, the FDA approved it immediately. This is well, how, how to describe it? Just another cure for cancer, I guess, huh? Ho oh, hum. Let's move on to the next. <laughs> oh, story. Um, it must be. Must be something well, more exciting you know, we, to talk we, about in the world. That is the joke. Uh, you know, we, we've, uh, we've, you know, we see cures for cancer. It seems like, uh, and you know, and I, we kind of almost want to put like quotes around it: cures for cancer, sure. hitting so often in uh, uh, in the last, uh, I don't know, three or four years probably that it's yep. it's almost uh, almost routine. Now, here's the thing: we don't have to be right every single time on every one every story we bring up. You only have to be right um, uh, once, I suppose, if it's a broad-based enough cure. But uh, um, here's the true. Thing. Well, what, and, what, and I think the, the other thing to note is that each new treatment is effective in one area or another, if not all areas. Right. right? I mean, that's yeah. that's the thing. It, or, it, typically, cancer's you know, cancer's not one disease; it's many. And uh, right. And so, um, you know, something that might be effective against one sort of cancer. Uh, less so against others. And so we just keep seeing more and more hitting it at the same time. So what makes this one special, uh, Phil, that, uh, that the FDA is going, well, we're just uh, throwing caution to the wind, sort of, right? Because they, they, caution is built into their DNA. They, of course, they are going yeah. to be cautious. Hard, hard, to, get, hard to get things past them. Well, what, what, the, the, the way the story is written, it implies that it's so effective that that's why the FDA immediately said we've got to pass this. I kind of doubt that. I think that what got it through the FDA so so fast is the fact that this is a very different approach to cancer. It's the first cancer drug that is not cancer of a particular part of the body. So it's not lung cancer or pancreatic cancer or brain cancer or bone cancer. That's not what this treatment addresses. This treatment addresses folks who have a particular kind of DNA damage, and it makes them susceptible to 
cancer, kind of, you know, capital C, generically. They, they, right. they get all kinds of different kinds of cancer. And this treatment is effective for those people who are at risk for that kind of cancer. I, I don't know what percentage of the overall cancer population these folks make up, but it's a, you know, it's a substantial number of people. And this is hope for all of them. So whereas before, if you had that DNA problem and it gave you bone cancer, then your best bet was whatever the latest treatment for bone cancer is. Maybe there's something good now. I don't know. I'm just throwing that one out there. Now, this applies to you anyway. It applies to you in the same way that it applies to someone who has that same problem uh, who has lung cancer or uh, thyroid cancer or, or whatever. So it's, it's this kind of cross-cut of the, of the cancer population that's being addressed by this. And to me, that's really encouraging, obviously, because of all the people it's going to help. And it was uh, apparently tremendously effective in, in terms of, uh, what was it, like 66 patients had tumors that shrank significantly out of 86. Okay, so that's a big percentage. Um, and among them, it says there were 18 patients whose tumors disappeared and never returned. So obviously, for this whole population of people who have cancer arising from this cause, this is tremendously good news. But it's also good news because it says, hey, there's this whole like horizontal approach to cancer that, that hasn't really been addressed yet. You know, you, you look at what are yeah. these other common characteristics that people who have different kinds of cancer have in common that might be contributing to it. This genetic factor is one. Are there others? And are there ways that, that cancer could be treated across the board for other populations? We shall see. Well, I hope so. I, I hope they find more of this kind of stuff. And my hope also is that uh, the headline writer uh, got it at least partly right because, uh, you know, we've long advocated, uh, Phil, you and I, that uh, if someone, you know, if we're dealing with a, uh, a disease that's going to kill the patient, I mean, we know it's a fatal disease there and they have it and they, and we, and we have very little hope with current treatments, but we've got this one experimental treatment, mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, it's, it's, it seems only right that people that are in that situation uh, have the opportunity to, uh, to, to try whatever, you know, and, uh, and kind of op open the doors a little bit more. Um, just, you know, if, if, for, if for no other reason, what, you know, uh, if, if I were in that situation and even if the, uh, the treatment I was given did not work for, for whatever disease I had, at least I would, you know, I, I would know that, uh, you know, in my last days, I, you know, I eliminated one thing that was not the answer, right? And right. Uh, that, that could, uh, time could be spent on other, other methods, right? It's, uh, exactly. I, well, and plus, it, you know, there's so, much, there's so much in the hopper now. There are so many things right. that are being looked at that have, that have shown promise in the lab. It, it, think about the, you know, I didn't mention it on the show. Monday was actually the anniversary of my dad's dying. Um, and my dad, yeah. he struggled with cancer for years and years. You think about all the people who will die from cancer today, right, this week, right. this year. And if the treatment that could have helped them, that could have turned their lives around, could have saved their life and given them years more life, is sitting on a shelf someplace because of a complicated approvals process, that's just yeah. not acceptable. You know, I mean, that's just, that's, that's insane. So... Yeah, I, I, I share your hope that uh, there's there's some truth in that headline. I'm just skeptical that right. there is, but I hope there is. Yeah. And, you know, of course, the uh, you know, if I were to play devil's advocate, the uh, you know, the other uh, the other side of this is well, we don't want to give patients false hope. Well, 
Right. You know, let's let's treat patients like adults. Okay. I mean, um, if uh, you know, I I think for the most part, um, you know, people know when they're in trouble. You know, yeah. and that that you know, I this is a long shot. Let me take my long shot. And um, you know, if if it doesn't work, then then that's you know, then that's one thing uh, that they maybe maybe learned from my situation that might help. Advance, uh, advance the cause in some other direction. I, I, I think that uh, uh, I, I'm hopeful that uh, the FDA might be uh, uh, might be looking at ways to relax uh, regulation in in the case of fatal uh, diseases. And so I hope so. so. I hope so. Well, anyway, they they definitely need to up their game because there's an awful lot of work being done, and it's it's pretty heartbreaking to think that you know, the, the cure might be there and people just can't yeah. get it yet, right? And, and well, might not get I, it for yeah. years because of bureaucratic things. It's just... Well, uh, bureaucratic, uh, bureaucracy and politics just yeah. is, is going to have difficulty keeping up with uh, with uh, advances in technology. And so... Especially if, how's this for a segue, Moore's Law keeps going. And uh, how about this headline, huh? An IBM breakthrough ensures silicon will keep shrinking. So here it is. What was it, Friday. We did the show about, or maybe it was last week, I'm not sure. We did the show about, well, we've got to go to GPUs because Moore's Law yeah. is definitely over. We've been saying it was going to be dead, and now it's dead. And here's IBM. <laughs> Breakthrough Ensure Silicon will keep shrinking. Good on them. It's the five uh, nanometer process, uh, uh, five nanometer process for producing chips. Apparently, they're saying there's a lot more life in these silicon chips thanks to this new process, and Moore's Law is going to carry on for at least a few more years. So, so, so what I we're guess we got all that over now. <laughs> we're saying there might be a little more room at the bottom is what we're trying mm-hmm. to say, I guess. Uh, so, uh, well, that's exciting. Hey, you know, you know what's I mean? great about this? This buys time for GPUs to continue to improve. It buys time for new models to be introduced. It buys time for quantum computing to get that much closer. It's just, it, it's, a, it's a great bridge technology. And it also raises the question, well, are we sure this is the end, right? We've heard it was yeah. the end before and it wasn't. So stay tuned, Moore's Law. <laughs> Takes a licking, keep well, on licking. <laughs> physics will tell us that at some point it's got to, it, it, it's got to stop. But uh, uh, like you say, we, uh, it, it's it's surprising what uh, what uh, we've, they've been able to marshal out of this so far. So yeah, you know what IBM says? Who's your daddy? Physics. That's what they say. Okay, so well, <laughs> <laughs> well you know, we'll, we'll we'll see who's right. But but it's 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 really encouraging to see that that, that one that that kind of research was going on uh, at the same time everyone was declaring the end of the silicon chip. Um, the, the standard CPU chip, that that, that that kind of research was going on. And two, that some significant progress has been made. So good for IBM. You know, they they, they really do keep cranking out some pretty good stuff. For, for a company as old as they are, you know, this dinosaur they should be in the uh, technology field, they, they, they really do make some contributions, don't they? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Well, uh, okay, so let's let's uh, um, switch gears again. New instantly rechargeable battery deals a fatal blow to fossil fuels. Instantly rechargeable, Phil. That's you know that's part of uh, part of the reason that uh, um, you know uh, electric cars, for example, have has struggled. Uh, you know, 
you know, there's issues of range, but one of the things is issues of time and recharging the battery. You know, like, right. like uh, you know, going to the gas station, you can fill up your car and drive, drive another 300 miles after a fill-up that takes, you know, what, five minutes, right? Right, uh, right. Uh, going inside to buy the candy, car, a candy bar or the Coke and go to the bathroom takes longer than filling up your car with enough energy to drive 300 miles. So uh, instantly recharging. That's a model we like. We're used to it, right? Yeah. It's, it, and we're, th- we're, that makes know, sense. And so it's, it's, it's hard to, uh, to give that up and, and go, go down, really, uh, uh, to a technology that would require, you know, six to eight hours to, uh, to fill, uh, fill up a battery with enough energy to take you less of a distance, usually, right? 200 right. miles as opposed to 300, right? So um, that's, that, you know, Instantly rechargeable. What's what makes this particular uh, battery special? Uh, well, it's it's the fact that they're not forcing electricity to be stored that quickly. That's kind of the that's that's the trick here. Um, they call it a flow battery. It doesn't require an electric changing station to be recharged. Excuse me, charging station. It says uh, all the users have to do is replace the battery's fluid electrolytes, and it's kind of like filling your tank. So oh. uh, in some in some ways, we've swapped one liquid fuel for another. And, and I wonder to what extent that, you know, makes the whole process kind of like, well, okay, so it's a fast charging battery, but you, you've got to, uh, you've, you've got to fill up these uh, electrolytes. Um, so, so we're not charging a battery at all. What you're doing is you're taking a charge that's in this tank uh, right. at the gas station and putting that charge inside it a container in your car. That's interesting. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, so uh, you know, and then what, what you have, um, you, you'll flush yours out right there at the station, and then it's going to recharge those over time. So it, it's not like th- these are constantly being consumed. They're going to be reused and reused. Obviously, there's going to be some loss in that process. Right. But gener- generally speaking, um, it would be a, you know, it's like gasoline that never runs out effectively. That's, yeah. that, that's kind of what you have there. Um, that, that's a great that model. So cool. It, I, I, my, you know, I, I wonder how uh, environmentally uh, safe uh, uh, this fluid is that uh, we're talking about. You know, issues like that. Um, if, uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, if it's, if it's staying contained within the car or within the, the, the tank at the station, I guess we're okay. I, it, it's 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 more an issue of how well you contain it. Assuming, I, I'm going to assume it's pretty nasty stuff, right? I mean, <laughs> well, you if, know, if it's if, if it's lithium, uh, that that's obviously less dangerous than you know nickel cadmium or uh, sure, you know, things like that. So I, I I wonder what we're talking about there. That's that's interesting. But it's 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 kind of fun to picture these fueling stations with these big tanks of charged up electrolytes. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess that's no more risky than having big tanks of explosives. We don't think about that, but every gas station, in the, you know, we see, we see trucks driving tanks of explosives around. We don't, we don't think of that. But that just, it sounds kind of dangerous, doesn't it? All this, like, charged up fluid. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I've seen too many well, science fiction movies probably. It, but. <laughs> well, if there's a danger of all of it discharging through your body at one time, then yeah. I would <laughs> yeah. Guess so, well, no, that's how you become a superhero, I'm pretty sure. I think that, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or villain, right, depending on your... Uh, yeah, depending on your outlook on life, right? <laughs> but this really is, I mean, this, all joking aside, this is a very important step. 
for the reason right. the reason you stated before, which is elect, you know, an electric car is only as useful as our ability to take it on the kinds of trips we want to go on. And yeah, a lot of us just drive around town most of the time, but we do want to be able to take a long trip once in a while. And when we and some people take them all the time, and when we do, we we don't want to have to stop for four hours after after going 300 miles. Even if they get it down yeah. to 45 minutes or something like that, you, you think, well, okay, well, I can have a meal, right? I can stop, I can have a meal, and, and the car can recharge. But they're, they're nowhere close to that yet, right? I, I think you said it's six to eight hours. I think that's probably pretty much the um, baseline time it takes at this point. So this is a quantum leap. This is a, this is a complete turnabout in how long it takes and for that reason alone, I would think, assuming everything else is good, assuming you're getting as much power, assuming it is clean, assuming it is safe, etc., this model should take over, right? If it works yeah. the way they describe it, this, this, this sounds like the way to go, unless they come up with something even better. But this is certainly the best, the best we've heard so far. You know, this, this reminds me a little bit, Phil. Uh, there was a story, oh, I'm, I'm going to guess this was at least four or five years ago, that uh, we brought up on the show um, that where somebody was uh, advocating for a system where you drop the whole battery pack out of the bottom of your vehicle and replace it from underneath by a battery pack at a filling station. Right. Um, right. This is this is superior. Or this this uh, what is being proposed here in this story is a is a superior solution to that. I mean, yes. It's just it's an easier, less complicated deal, and. Uh, and so, uh, th- yeah. those, those, those are both good solutions because they time shift the recharge. They don't make you wait for the recharge to occur. So if you can just drive up, drop your battery, plug in a new battery, that's pretty straightforward. But this is even better because this is so close to the model we have now. Right. It turns out liquid fuel is pretty great. And, uh, <laughs> who would have guessed uh, (laughs) liquid fuel uh, it just it stands the test of time thumbs up uh, yeah Yeah, and if if you can if you can have it without polluting the environment so much the better and if if you can have it and it doesn't run out that's really cool you know you you just you keep recharging the same the same liquid over and over I, i think there's there's an awful lot to be said to this for this so here's hoping. I, I expect we'll see some pretty exciting stuff around this or let me just hedge something even better, right? That's, that's the only reason that, that, that this wouldn't take off is because there's, there's something even better to come along. Okay. Well that takes us, gosh, we're moving very quickly through our, through our topics this evening. That takes us to our final topic for this amazing Wednesday. AI learns how to create human faces from scratch. And this one I save for last because it's really awesome, but a little spooky, maybe. Uh, we, you know, we, we we talk a lot about deep learning. We talk a lot about machine learning, and the new capabilities that AI systems are taking on. This is one where an AI system has studied enough faces, and now it can just make faces up. And if you follow the link, and if you look at some of those faces, some of them are a little weird, but most of them, I mean, they look like. Uh, if, if I saw those pictures somewhere in a Google search, I would just think they were pictures somebody drew, right? Or that they were uh, photographs that, that that someone had made, or CGI renderings of of something. I mean, they, they have you know kind of different characteristics when you go from image to image, but they all look pretty good, and they all definitely look like look like faces. And I don't know what does that say to us 
AIs can win at Go, and now they can win at drawing faces. Is that is that good news? I, I guess it might it might be. Well, you know that to me that's that's uh, pretty sophisticated. That it's a human face that passes muster with with we humans because I mean w- you know we are optimized to recognize and and look at human faces. I mean we just are. That's uh, yep. You know you know we can't uh, we can't tell apart uh, individual chimpanzees uh, very right. easily, but we we can sure. Uh, uh, tell apart individual uh, people, and um, this you know that that a uh, that a machine is able to uh, to make a human face that is con- convincing to we people. That's pretty impressive. That to me, that you know, it's 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 crossed an uncanny valley there, hasn't it? So yeah, well, or, or it's almost across. I mean, if you yeah. look at these pictures, they're a little unsettling. They're they're a little off. Somehow, it's 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 hard to quantify. A couple of them look just spot on, but a couple of them you just kind of go, what, what what's up with this person? Did something happen to them? <laughs> right, uh, kind of uh, kind of reaction that you might have. And it, it, what, what's interesting is to think if these were paintings by artists, you'd say, well, these these folks are really coming along. They are these are good artists. But to yeah. think it's a machine doing it, you think this is this is a machine that really has no idea of what a face is. And yet, it has somehow learned what a face is. I don't know. That's that conceptually, that's kind of hard to get your head around. But there's the proof if you look at the pictures. It's a strange world we live in these days, Stephen. That's for sure. Amazing, amazing world. I, I guess I, you know. I, anything, I'm, I'm looking at. The, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm looking at these pictures, and let's see. I'm looking right now at nine pictures, mm-hmm. and you know they're not photorealistic they uh, they look like they no. look like paintings they look like paintings yes they're more like paintings you're right yeah and i'm going to tell you phil that uh, i don't find these faces unsettling i, I think that this is uh, you know that they're not they're not perfect and that's part of what makes a face believable is that that's true you know, this, there's this guy has a scar running down the side of his face well in uh, fact if you look has, at the middle middle left lower left corner and middle bottom, these guys have all had a rough time in life, right? I mean, yeah, they, yeah. They, they've, they've, this guy, uh, this guy looks like he's uh, tangled with a barbed wire fence. One of yeah, the guys yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but, but it's it, a believable. Uh, you know, face. that's true. They're they're all completely believable. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's you the know, fact I, that I would, if somebody were just to show me these 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 paintings, quote, I'd say, well, yeah, this this uh, this this artist. Uh, is uh, is doing well here. I would have I would have assumed a human artist on the basis of this. So there you go. Um, I, I I find that I find that fascinating. I guess Stephen, to me, you know what bugs me is I look at these and it's the fact the imperfections are there. I, I expect a computer to make a perfect human face, I, and I look at it and I go, oh, is this what we look like to you? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> what else does that imply going down the road? But it really is amazing stuff. Follow the links. Of the link there, folks, and and check it out. It uh, it really is quite a quite uh, an astounding accomplishment. Okay, so there we are. We've done two back-to-back amazing shows. So which was more amazing, do you think, Stephen? Uh, the the show on Monday with the multiple sclerosis, or the show on Wednesday with the continuation of Moore's law and the cure for cancer? Well, I love the cure for cancer, and I think that's our top and most amazing uh, uh, um, story tonight. But I got to say, I, I'm going to go with Monday. Uh, yeah. You know, so uh, 
I would just tell our audience that missed the Monday show, go back and listen to it. Uh, we uh, judge for yourself. About, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got a, we got a, us, you know the the Chinese using SpaceX to send a uh, um, to send an experiment to the International Space Station. Uh, super antibiotics that are twenty are twenty five thousand times more potent than than uh, what we're currently using for the uh, you know as as uh, as you know the uh, antibiotics of last resort. Right. Um, that's huge and, and wonderful news that uh, that that's happening. And uh, um, then you know uh, sucking carbon out of the air and then putting it in a greenhouse. So I mean you're getting a double good out of that, right? And uh, and then of course uh, the cure for multiple sclerosis, which you and I feel uh, our 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 working hypothesis is that. Now, you know, if, if, if what she says and what this particular scientist has come up with, what she, what she, if what she has done is, is uh, uh, you know, is what, it, what we think it might be, then uh, we're not even talking just multiple sclerosis, but any sort of autoimmune problem, which is a host of modern diseases. There's a, there's a, there's a could, wide variety uh, be, of terrible things that happen to people because of autoimmune. And that's right. if, if this can cut across those, that is... It's huge. We didn't even mention arthritis as part as part of that. You know, is is something there you that go. potentially um, could attend, potentially benefit. So, uh, just yeah, I would. I'm going to have to go with Monday. What do you think? Um, I think you've probably persuaded me. This is a pretty good show, though. That rechargeable battery that's going to be pretty big, and <laughs> I'm I'm awfully psyched about uh, silicon coming back here at the 11th hour, you know, kind of with, with a few seconds left on the clock and suddenly Moore's Law gets some overtime. Mm, yeah, I think you're right, though. I think, I think Mon- Monday was even more amazing. So if you've listened to this show and you haven't listened to Monday, go back and listen to Monday. And let us know. Maybe, maybe we're wrong. Maybe this one was better. But probably the and main people thing... people wonder do, why we're optimistic, Bill. I mean, we... Uh, <laughs> you know, we just... It, it's, it, it's just a... Uh, it's so much good happening in all directions. At the same yes. time, we can't keep up with it. So you know, the, uh, it, the, it, it used to be this saying: it, "There's a lot of good in the world. You just have to look." And for us, it's like there's a lot of good in the world, and we can't keep up. And that's the truth. There's 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 so much we can't even we can't even keep up with it. But we're going to keep trying. We're going to keep trying. And I'll tell you what: we're going to do a show on Friday that's going to blow the doors off both of these two. Okay, so how about that? That's the or not you know either either way but uh, but we will be back on friday with a brand new show it's been great having you all with us and we look forward to being with you on the next world transformed until next time live to see it <laughs>